Hi, hey there. What's up, cutie? My name is Brittany Marie from Dreamstruck Studio, and you're listening to My Next Era, the cheeky rom-comantic podcast for creative misfits and rebellious dreamers. Here, I talk about living life as the main character. I talk about stepping into the person that you are becoming, about embracing the eras within your life, and I talk a lot about facing what you resist so we can raise those standards and really be that main character energy. Today, what we're going to be exploring is how to dream bigger and really getting into why are you allowing your limiting beliefs to dictate what you go after. The conversation that we have is really all over the place here, and it is the representation of a hot girl walk. So we're not here for answers. We're here for the vibes. (laughs) We have just come out of our breakup era, or maybe we're still kind of dealing with that. But as we are moving through that, we're looking at how we can raise those standards. And this can be any kind of breakup, by the way. I know that I have been sharing about my actual breakup with my romantic partner, but you can be having a breakup with a job, with a hobby, with a pursuit, with a dream, with friends, with anything. You can have a breakup with anything. And when it matches and aligns with our identity or we thought it did, and now there's kind of this divorce from it, that can be a lot. And actually, so many of you have reached out through this time and through this process of hearing me talk about this. And I've been so grateful for your perspectives. I've heard so much about how you're thinking about your relationships to things, about how this mirrors what you went through, how it was so compelling that it made you feel not alone as you are moving through this time. And I could not be more grateful, not just for your words and for these conversations that we're having, which I'm obsessed with, by the way, but because that I get to be able to provide this for you, because that is really where the heart of this show is, is for us to really experience these mirrors and these eras together. I actually, uh, I've been trying to collect some little bits and pieces of what you guys have been sending and reaching out to me with. But actually, a friend of mine just the other day, she sent me this really amazing email, this message that I think summarizes a lot of what you guys have been talking about. So I'm just going to go ahead and read Tara's message right now with all of you. Hi, BM. I am not a super serious podcast listener, but I do listen in bits and pieces now and again. I definitely have a couple of faves that catch me and I find myself digging into them. I felt that way listening to your breakup podcast the other day. I wanted to just give you a hug and say, I think your breakup podcast is going to help people who need to go through a breakup. What a vulnerable thing to share, but what a classy job of it you did. Also, what a productive way of processing your breakup and modeling that for others. I will certainly share it with folks who might benefit. Hugs and kisses, Tara. For starters, I am honored (laughs) that it was done in such a classy manner. I definitely obsessed over this, (laughs) over being so vulnerable for a while. But when I came back to that heart of the show, I, I knew that this was really going to align with the trajectory and the story that we want to be exploring here. Thank you so much, Tara, for sending that email, for sending your messages, everybody. And if you want to continue to have another conversation and look at what story we're telling together, feel free to reach out and to let me know what kind of identity-based goals you're diving into. 
especially when we're looking at this element of restarting. In fact, I do have a soundbite for you. It's by Chloe Shi, and what she talks about is kind of restarting, but not restarting at you know the like prime, most youthful age, but really getting into okay, you've made these decisions in your life, you've gone through, you've tried on these things, but actually, they don't work for you anymore. So how do you restart? I'm gonna press play right now. Why is starting over so scary, especially the older we get? Well, I'm not exactly old, but I'm not young either. I recently had a breakup from my job and it wasn't exactly mutual, but a part of me felt relieved and then guilt for the relief. It's a mixed bag. I'd only ever known this path building who I am at work. And if no one said anything, I would have done this forever, but I always felt in my heart of hearts, I could be someone else. Maybe a storyteller, a teacher, or maybe just someone who loves to cook. But my past self would never let me, and maybe it's time to let her go. Because how rare is it to find yourself at a crossroads and have the privilege to choose your own adventure? I mean, it's terrifying to lose everything you've ever built for yourself. But once you do, like truly do, I think it's only up from here. This week I started design school. Did you know that every part of these letters have a name? It's called the anatomy of type. <laughs> I have no background in art whatsoever, and I thought it was too late for me, but I think too late is just what someone decides. And since I'm deciding, I guess it's not too late to start. I know that we all know that it's not too late to start, yet so often it feels like it is. It feels like this is just how my life is. These are just the circumstances. This is just what's going on. But that's the whole point of looking at how we're raising our standards is that we're raising our standards for how we are choosing to move through life, not just what we are accepting within our life, but how we are choosing to move through it. And something that I've been doing lately, uh, I've been actually working on this, this grand project, something that me and my team have been calling Reimagining Business. And that's actually, you met before Crystal Smith Aguero on the ACOTAR episode. And now you are about to meet my other team member, which is Danielle Redford. To have Danielle on the show, I am so stoked for you to have her on. I, at this time, will not be diving into or announcing what project Reimagining Business is, but I'll leave you with this. The tame version is that we've come together to help creatives do what they have always dreamed of doing and really embrace the fruitful labors of living a creative lifestyle and doing the creative work that calls to them. That's all I'm going to say for now. You will get more of those details later on. The important thing that I want to emphasize here is that I have been working with Danielle in a professional manner on a team where she is continuing to actually ask me those questions that I said in the beginning, which was, how do you dream bigger and how do you get away from your limiting beliefs to dictate what you go after? Those questions I got from Danielle. She is so fascinating and the way that she thinks and the way that she's present with Crystal and I has absolutely blown us out of the water and she's about to do the same thing for you. Now, Danielle, I'm going to talk about her a little bit. She is a creative producer, so she works on things like film and TV and audio podcasts. I mean, obviously audio podcasts, but there's one in particular that I'm thinking of that I have actually would like to recommend to you, which is called Winding Road. It's on Audible. It's an Australian original, and it's a, you know, mock 
true crime podcast. It's 10 episodes. It's very digestible. It's a fantastic story. And if you like things kind of like only murders in the building, then you're totally going to dig into this. So if you want to get a taste of the magic of what Danielle creates and does underneath her production company, Contra Stories, which is linked down below, I would say dive into Winding Road. Again, that's Winding Road on Audible. And of course, is linked down below. Also, also one more thing that I'm going to plug of Danielle's <laughs> is a Substack that she has just started, which actually goes into what Project Reimagining Business is. So if you want a bigger bite into that apple, that Substack is a perfect place to check out what is going on within our scope, within our world and what we are creating. As we move through this conversation, from the start, you will see Danielle challenging me with the absolute best questions. And the thing is here, she's not just challenging me. I was the one who got to answer it, but she's actually also challenging you. Now, I want to give a big thank you to Danielle because something that I feel very challenged by <laughs> in listening to this episode, and I totally missed it. I missed it over and over and over again. Danielle was such an incredible mirror. She is throwing out compliments left and right, and I am like sliding right by them <laughs> left and right, just over and over. She is, you know, really, she recognizes me. She sees me. She's giving me such praise, such honor. Um, it was just listening back to this and seeing the way that I was avoiding that and stepping away from the way that she was positively reflecting me back to myself was fascinating. And I feel very much like we need to get into how to be able to accept the goodness within ourselves. So Danielle, if you're listening, thank you so much. It totally went right by me. <laughs> it's kind of actually hilarious <laughs> how that went right by me. And for you to see me this way is such a gift. I could cry. At any rate, I think it's been long overdue. It's time for us to dive into this conversation and to look at how do we dream bigger with Danielle Redford. I'm going to press play and we're going to dive in right now. Danielle, hello. Welcome to the show. I am so stoked to have you. There really wasn't anyone else that I could think of to have this conversation because you have been absolutely challenging me, blowing my mind, taking me out of the water in the way that I needed to. Thank you so much for being here and having this conversation with me. Well, as a fan before <laughs> I was your friend, uh, <laughs> this is a very full circle moment for me because meeting you has been a really expansive experience in my own life. And so it's always funny when when someone says something like what you just said to me, because I'm like, but that's what you do for me. And like, isn't that the goal? <laughs> I think. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think that is a really, that is a really good point is like, I, I don't ever really think about what I'm providing for other people. I just think about like the juiciness and the gloriousness of like, not necessarily what I like receive, but just how much I adore the people in front of me. And I'm so obsessed with simpatico and I don't think about the simpatico within friendship. So that's really interesting. Just a random thought <laughs> that I'm having right now. Okay, but question, why not? Why don't you think about what you provide for other people? Is that something that you avoid or is that something that you just like mm -hmm. habitually haven't done? I think it has to do with my feelings around self-worth. 
Um, I think if I do that, then I have to acknowledge the ways that I'm great. And that makes me uncomfortable. (laughs) Um, But I think also there is the element of, you know, when you're running a business for so long and you're thinking about how what you provide and how like there is a paid exchange for that, there's like some sort of energetic exchange for what you are doing. And then maybe, Mm. maybe I, I don't know, I'm birthing this answer. Maybe I avoid it Mm. because... I don't want my friendships to feel like transactions. And I love Mm. being present with my friends and my people, be with their energy and the way that they are and Mm. the magic of them. Mm. Um, But I'm not Mm. thinking about all the goodness that I'm giving them. I think it helps me keep away from that Mm. transaction feeling. I had two really interesting experiences over the past few years around this area of like self-perception. One, I was attending an event that was um, put on by an incredible organization that is championing women in the film TV industry in Australia. And so it was like 150 of us gathered together in one city and that room was like pretty fire. Um, But we were asked to speak to someone who knew us well about how they perceived us before we went to that event. And then we had to share that with a total stranger. And so I asked one of my sisters and I still have the note she wrote for me. And this was actually like five years ago. It wasn't that recent. And the way she reflected me back to me, like I didn't even need to go to that event anymore. And I had already learned so much about like the way I took up space in the world, which encouraged me to take up more of it. And then that kind of led into this like grapple with like, what is humility? You know, like what is it then to be humble? Because I'm not a fan of someone who walks around tripping on their own ego and I wasn't raised to be that way. But I also think that particularly as women carrying big visions, we really minimize that to be like more palatable as sometimes as a defense mechanism. And I was speaking to a woman in my industry who I just respected the shit out of. I'm a producer in the Australian entertainment industry. You know, it's a really hard space. And I was talking to her about like not wanting to look too grabby, to like pay attention to me, to... And she pulled me up, stopped me, and she was like, well, then you're doing a disservice to yourself, to your projects, and to your team. (gasps) And I was like, oh. (laughs) And she's like, if you cannot turn up in who you are in these rooms where you are asking for people to trust you with their energy, their resources, um, and their risk, then you are disservicing your vision and the people who are trusting you with their projects you are not carrying them in the way that you need to. And she just like called it. And I'm look, I'm still not there yet. I'm still working on this in real time. <laughs> but she just like basically took the disguise out of this like humility thing that was me not owning what I'm capable of. And the like the mind shift of stepping into that more has dramatically changed how I approach things in the past couple of years. And the more I step into that, the more aligned I feel with what it is that I'm busting my butt doing every day um and it's just yeah so that was a total side conversation (laughs) but I'm like I'm kind of done with this for you like I want you to understand what you bring into every room because if you're building some areas it could be helpful to know exactly what you're working with and building them and I don't think you have any idea how much you got Mm, mm. I think I don't think this is a I don't think this is a side tangent I think this is exactly well, we need to explore what we need to talk about because you're discussing something that you've been sitting with and stepping into, into this person that you are becoming, this producer that you have been becoming and have been. And, you know, this this element of these different eras and embracing who we are and embracing our truths, even the truths that mm-hmm. are hard to accept, like the value that you have. 
um, you know, and, and the way that you operate and the things that you provide and how great you are of a person. And it can, I think also actually side tangent, this is a real side tangent. I think that's maybe a form of like patriarchy <laughs> of like how we mm, are taught mm-hmm. to not want to like, mm, not just like not only take up space, but be in full like awareness yeah. of what we provide because then we have to constantly be giving mm-hmm. more and working more and diving yeah. more into like the capitalistic, um, mm-hmm. what do they call it? The, the clog, the, the ch- whatever, you know, like <laughs> I'm not talking about this eloquently, but that's okay because I don't have to. But I think it's like perfectionism, <laughs> like the way that perfectionism really like yeah. drowns us yeah. down. And if – yeah. I don't know. It's so weird with perfectionism because on one scope, you want to be mm, maybe not perfect, but you want to be ideal. You want to be this amazing, mm. special person. But then if you want to be that amazing, special person, then you have to acknowledge what is already so great about you. But then you don't want to acknowledge mm. what's so great about you because then mm-hmm. that gets you closer to you <laughs> oh being God. special. But then it's this like cycle <laughs> yes. of going back and forth and back and forth because it's almost perfect yeah. of you to not acknowledge what's so great. That's what makes you ideal within society, but not ideal to yourself. Yeah. These are ideas that are coming to my mind as you're talking. I'm getting it. it and also it's, it's so fascinating, right? Because the goal is not perfect. Like that is a really dangerous place to be because – the moment you become so comfortable in perfectionism, you stop growing because you don't want to step back into the like learning phase again. Yes. And so I think the moment that we're aiming for perfectionism to protect ourselves from the risk of what if I look stupid? What if I embarrass myself? What if I don't get it right? What if I like fuck something up? What if I waste time or energy or money? And it's like, so we try and counteract that by being like, well, I'll only do it when, when I'm the most at this, when I'm the best at this, when I totally know that is keeping us from doing anything at all. And it also is meaning that we're closed off to like discovery because there isn't space for us to play. Like I'm, you know, I'm married and we have been for a long time. And when I think about the relationship we're still building, we're not trying to build a perfect relationship because that's no space for us to grow as humans. We're trying to build a resilient and sustainable relationship that recognizes that it's like two very imperfect people <laughs> coming into this space iterating in real time and like if we can build a container that is strong enough for that then we have something better than perfection in that we have something that has longevity to it and I think for me I've been looking at my work and looking at where perfectionism has held me back and imposter syndrome and being like oh my god I'm giving so much time to something that I a will never obtain because nobody is and b I don't want it anyway (laughs) I don't want that I want to learn how to do imperfect that's my thing you know, we've been talking about our resistance. We've been talking about who it is that we are becoming. We're talking about these like waking Mm. up, waking up to realities and kind of cutting things and removing things from our spaces that are no longer in service of us. So now we kind of in some Mm. capacity, in some form, have a, a fresh, a fresh blank sheet. Okay. We have uh, so many different directions yeah. we can go into, but but how do we mm-hmm. how do we choose? We know what we don't want anymore. We know who we want to become. We have an I think we have ideas, mm. which is what you were alluding to, of what we want. Mm. But do we actually want those mm. things? Are we thinking about deep down what it is that we're going for? The energy, the perfectionism, mm. the need to feel special. How do we actually figure yeah. out what are the goals 
that we need to be need, quote unquote, to be setting that are in our best interest. I mean, for me, this is a conversation that is almost worth a daily check-in with yourself because the person who might make a goal on January 1st is potentially not the same person still actively striving for that goal on February 1st. And I don't think that we build in that kind of like elastic band of ebb and flow into how we consider our trajectory. Um, and that's, look, it, you, it's kind of funny to be talking to me about this because I, <laughs> if someone's like, what's your plan in five years? I'm like, oh, how cute. Like, amazing. Imagine having a five-year plan. <laughs> What a luxury. But that's, I, you know, I work in a in an industry that kind of turns on a dime all the time. So for me, building a five-year plan where I'm like, this is exactly where I want to be in quarter three of 2025, it's not going to cut it. And that's going to set me up to not be paying attention to the changing dynamics within which I'm working and operating. And so I think where I land when it comes to like, what is it that you're building and growing And what does that look like in a goal construct is like, first and foremost, I want to be really connected to who I am before I'm extrapolating that out into any kind of like, this is what I'm doing. Because the bigger the gap grows between them, the more I'm in danger of working towards something that I have no idea why I'm working towards that, or of just kind of like losing sight (laughs) of why I set out to do it in the first place and not honoring myself in that. So I feel like that's a rambly way of just being like, How often are we sitting with ourselves in quiet places and being like, what is coming to, what is that desire? What is that, that energy, that tension? What is it that you want to be pulling the thread of and finding out a little bit more about? I said to you off record, I started my day today, Jenna and I are doing this thing where we each take turns in the morning, like playing a random wake up song to like set the day. So sometimes it's a real bop, other times a bit of a downer, um, And today I played a song that I haven't heard in maybe like 10, 15 years. And it immediately took me back to being this kid on the school bus going home in like grade 11, grade 12, full of so much longing, so many feelings, so many crushes, like lots churning. And I had this thought this morning of like, how would that girl on the school bus feel about the woman who's listening to this song today? Like, where have we been in the 15 or so years between those experiences And in that simple moment, the way I felt about today changed dramatically. I have a day ahead of me that's pretty full. Like I have a lot that I need to do and to get done to work towards these goals. Some of them you and I share, others are project driven. And yet in that moment, I realized that I was waking up in a city that I love alongside a human who I was already crushing on back on that bus back then. (laughs) Like she's pretty happy about that. And I was doing work that lights me up every day, even as it challenges me and so like on a really simple level that chick on the school bus is really happy with where I am me today I am full of goals that I haven't achieved yet I'm full of directions that I'm still going but I think as well that like part of this like looking forward to the future of what is it that we're building and why what are the goals we want to be setting is really considering where are you today and what are the forces that have shaped you to be here which of those are you glad to have had in your life and which of them do you maybe need to like stop being in agreement with to allow to like continue to propel forward? I don't know. Ooh, <laughs> That's my Danielle. take. <laughs> okay. Well, so many great things from what you just said, but that last line, what do you need to no longer be in agreement with? Ooh, mm. that is juicy. That is juicy. And that mm. I talk a lot about having 
discernment, but I always think about having Mm. discernment when it comes to listening to outside voices or even listening to, because, because I catastrophize a lot. I think that's a part of my chronic stress Mm -hmm. is I just, you know, if I get overwhelmed in any capacity, I immediately will catastrophize, think about how, oh, well, I didn't get there fast enough. So, you know, should I just stop what I'm doing? Should I stop working on these goals? Should I, you know, leave this trajectory or, wow, this isn't working out. Should I move Mm -hmm. to Denmark? I think about that probably every other day, (laughs) Um, (laughs) you know, like, oh, let me just move to Denmark, you know, no big deal. Yeah. But like, (laughs) I always think about discernment when it comes to that kind of thought pattern or when you're scrolling on Instagram. Okay. When you're scrolling on Instagram and you're seeing Mm -hmm. all these different people, these mentors, these thought leaders, these, these, Mm -hmm. and are just like normal people that are doing what you want to do. And that comparison Mm -hmm. that comes in, I think about discernment in those ways, but I have not explored discernment when it comes to reflecting back to the person who made those goals or who said that they wanted Mm. those things. Because now being on the other side, now being a month away from my end date of six months from when this journey started, right? Five months ago, I was in a completely different headspace. Mm. I would even say I was a different person than I am today. I feel very very different in lots of different scopes and lots of different ways. I'm just, I'm different. Mm. And Mm. now that race that I felt before, that pressure that I felt before of needing to get to where I wanted to be at a certain destination, at a certain time, in a certain capacity, I no longer feel that intensity. I am grateful for moving as quickly as I have and really take because it's allowed me to take things seriously it's allowed me to actually mm. see changes, but those mm-hmm. greater visions and those greater goals for what I have for all of my life, I don't know if I need those goals. I don't know if I need those those mm. checkpoints. I don't know if I need to experience those same mm. things. It's just bringing up a visual for me of you five months ago and you today and the fact that you today could step back into that kitchen, that bedroom, that wherever with you five months ago and be like, hey, I got you. Like (gasps) everything that feels unknown right now, I've got this. And to kind of like sit with you today and be like, you don't need to be beholden to things that five months ago you didn't know yet because you've done the work to get to a place where you had her, you had her back. I'm like future BM has your back. And all the work that you're doing today is actually just equipping that future BM to carry you really well. And that doesn't mean like buckling down and white knuckling it through to something that can be arbitrary, right? Like, you know, even an amount of money in our bank account, we can be like, this is my ex goal. And I'm like, well, is that your goal? Or do you want to fall asleep every night feeling safe and calm when it comes Mm. to your finances? Like they're two different goals. Going to the gym every day. I'm like, is that the goal or do you want to be able to trust yourself in your body like what what is it that we're actually and I just think that we don't do this a lot we like write down these goals and these plans because we're like okay well now I'm safe right because if someone's like what are you working on I can point to this thing that is externalized for one and that is kind of like clarified but often that goal is reflective of something that we need to like build that trust in ourselves around and if we're willing to like grapple with that it might mean that we don't end up at that like x amount of the bank account 
It might mean that we don't end up in Rome on the date that we said, unless that is really the goal and then it will sustain. And if it doesn't sustain, the thing that has sustained is like the trajectory and the push and the like space to explore yourself that was necessary to define it in the first place. So for me, it's less about the what and more about how are we equipping ourselves in the process of getting there? And can we honor our future selves by being like, it's okay if the today that I am is not the same because that's a goal. That is a goal. We don't want to be static, stagnant people. We want to be people who are in tension, who are learning and growing and who are continuing to like expose ourselves to opportunity, even if it could hurt us because it also could gift us. Ooh, ooh. I keep going back to the example that you that you brought up of you being on the bus, of this song making you think mm. about this girl that was on this bus thinking these things mm. and how she would look at your life now. And when you said that, I was thinking about yeah. – I was in middle school – so I was thinking about middle school me mm-hmm. and what I wanted. And um, we won't get into that time, but that time was particularly <laughs> traumatic. Um, and knowing the way that she wanted to be loved, that she wanted to be mm-hmm. cherished, um, that she wanted to have value, um, all of these different things. And to then mm-hmm. come to this place where – I was not experiencing that in my relationship, which became my whole entire life. Mm-hmm. And then to now have realized this, to have stepped away from this. And if she were to just see this story play out, I think, I feel like mm-hmm. she would, I, I want to, like, I feel like she'd cry. Like, I'm like, I think she'd be so happy. I think this whole conversation I keep having about, um, no. getting your power. I think she would be seeing our story mm. of like me actually stepping forward and getting this power because I may not have had this yeah. within my romantic primary number one thing relationship, but I am receiving yeah. this in so many other mm. spaces. I'm receiving this within mm. our friendship. I'm receiving this within mm. our creative project that we have been working on, that we have been pouring our heart and our mm. souls into. I am, I, I'm mm. realizing like certain problems that I have within my business and I'm finally seeing things clearly. Mm. And I, I feel so grateful for that. I feel like, oh, now I know mm. how to cherish these spaces. Now I know how to dive in. Like, again, this element of like being challenged, um, not just like struggling mm. for the sake of struggling. Like m- the way that mm. I have been with my creative work, the way that I'm taking this podcast, the way that I'm treating my body, um, you know, when I am allowing myself to sleep in, like all of these small things mm-hmm that are just allowing Mm. me to embrace that love that I've needed. I'm giving it to myself Mm. and I'm receiving it from these relationships and these projects. And it's just like, when you cut what no longer serves you, I I don't know. I just, I keep thinking about her seeing the story, little me seeing the story Uh and just the trust in that and the hope in that and the relief in that. What a gift. Yeah. I can't tell you how much my shoulders just like dropped in relief at hearing you share that because you and I have only known each other since like what October, which is wild it's to not me. That long, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I we've known each other for four or five months, and mm-hmm. yet, um, 
I feel like I've known you for a lifetime. Um, and part of that is intentionality, right? We've been mm-hmm. very intentional in how we build this relationship. But a big part of it is, <laughs> and I should probably declare to people this up front because it's a bit sneaky of me. <laughs> I watch how people respond to stress and imperfection in their lives. And when everything looks shiny, um, I don't have many shiny friends. But, well, God bless you all. I love you all. You're all great, but you ain't shiny. Um, like, <laughs> I, I don't have many friends who appear perfect in the world. Mm. Mm. My friends and the people who I allow in that inner intimate space with me are people who are comfortable to sit in um, process and in imperfection. And hearing you share what it is you're seeking in your relationships right now and the fact that it wasn't there for you in your romantic partnership, but that you have acknowledged the need and you are now finding ways to resource that need in your life. I've never trusted you more because I don't want a BM who turns up holding it together for the sake of the show. I don't want a BM who's trying to put me at ease by being like, everything's fine. I got it. It's all good. While like on the inside, just dying a little bit every day. I trust you when you turn up and you're like, it's a bit of a shit show, but I know (laughs) what I need and I know what I want. (laughs) Uh And I'm willing to be honest in that process because I'm like, oh my God, I'm a shit show too, but I know what I need and I want, and I'm discovering more. And like, this means we get to like explore that together and we will align in some areas and we won't in others. But like, I just, especially when it comes to creative um, people, creative practitioners, people who are beginning new ventures, new worlds in this space, I feel like the thing that we lack so often is these relationships to be like, hey, I am also in this space with you. And I also don't got it all, but I got some of it. And like, we're going to do that together. And when I look back at my own life and the goals that I have achieved or the like the identity I've been able to kind of get really comfortable with as to who I am and what I care about, so much of that is to do with the people that I've intentionally surrounded myself with and the people I've intentionally not. Um, And I think that like, what you and I are doing right now is just such good practice for going out into the world with our vulnerability, not as secret, but as weapon. <laughs> and I'm really into that. Ooh, not as secret, but as weapon. Can you, can you talk about that a little bit more? I feel like I, I feel like I feel it, but I don't know if my brain <laughs> is processing it. Yeah. Look, I mean, vulnerability has so many different lenses, right? And there's personal vulnerability. But the thing that I'm really interested in is like, what does vulnerability look like in our shared workspaces or our like public facing projects or iterations? And I had this really incredible experience a few years ago. I was working with a team on a project and um, one of the leaders of that team was, you know, like, again, one of the top players in our industry. They had... 20, 30 years of high level experience behind them. They were incredible at what they did. And we were going through a project that was using new forms of kind of technology and storytelling to build something. And this person said to me, I'm going to ask a really dumb question. What does X person do in this role? And in that instant, I felt so much safer working with her because he was a leader who um, was not pretending that she knew everything about her world. She was leading and she was being so effective in her role because she was willing to draw on the resources of her team, me being one of them, to make her better, to equip her with what she needed. And it was just a small moment. She showed me a vulnerable element in that she knew that I knew a little bit more about this particular process because I'd been through it before and it was her first time doing this thing. 
And in that, I, I didn't walk away being like, oh my God, I'm, I know more. I walked away being like, oh my God, I'm safe to ask questions because I can damn well bet you that the one thing that I knew just then, she knows a million things in other areas that I don't because of the nature of like where I'm at in my career and where she is. And now I feel like I have an open door with her um, that is going to make this project better because instead of me like hiding away and trying to solve it without drawing on her expertise and her skill, I'm going to go straight there. I'm going to collapse time. I'm going to learn more quickly. And that was probably what, oh, I don't know how many years ago. But I think about that moment like weekly because when you do, and I would say, you know, I, the work that I do, you and I would have parallels in what we built in many ways. We're often going into new spaces with new teams where we need to very quickly get the lay of the land, build intimate relationships, build trust, and then deliver and over deliver. And when you do that, you have to be aware that you're like, you don't, you ain't got the time to like make everything perfect. You just got to hit that ground running and go. So for me, the vulnerability of like who I am as a person who brings desire and ambition and yearning and curiosity into those jobs, that's a weapon because that's invitational to my team to also bring their humanity in and hold space for that together. Like we don't have to put ourselves on the shelf to create together, but then the vulnerability in terms of like, here's what I know and here's where I'm really comfortable and here's where I have no idea. What that does is that kind of forces you to recognize that you may need to find a resource from someone else or ask for the help um, or do the work in that area. And I think that that for me has just really elevated rather than going, oh, I don't know, so I'm not going to do it. That vulnerability has turned into, I don't know. So that's probably the next thing to prioritize if I want to do this. And that has helped me to stay out of that, oof, the ick that is like creative overwhelm of like, I have a project. I don't know what to do with it. I'm just going to sit there in that place forever because we're diagnosing. I just think it, it's a truth teller, you know? This, no, this this is the thing. This is the thing. Part of the reason why I feel so mm, impassioned by us not having answers because I'm walking very mm. far away from positioning mm. myself, from being an authority. If I have a place of authority, if I have information, mm. if I know what's up, mm. I'm going to share it. But that's not that's not what this is. It's about being present and being vulnerable and being mm. open. And mm. again, in sharing mm. my story, my intention is to share other people's stories so that way they can we can all step into the person we are becoming. Yeah. I keep saying this because I well, I'm a repeater and I really want to bring this home. But this idea of positioning yourself is so huge within media. It's social media, any kind of media, mm. all the medias. We that's what we're told to do. Yeah. Write a book, you know, become become this, become this expert and talk on, do this great yeah. talk. Um, get get butts in seats. We're told to do all of these high-end, these huge scale accomplishments. And that's when you're gonna make sales. That's when your creative endeavors are worthwhile. That's when you are successful mm. and you have done the thing. But Mm. That just all leads mm. to comparison and it's all yeah. bullshit. <laughs> and it's like, where is the value? Where is the nurturance? And so hearing you share that story, she didn't lead with authority. She just was authority and then was open about, mm. I don't have this information. Yeah. I trust you. Please help me be better so we can all be better. And not enough of us yeah. are doing that. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's just, it's interesting. Like even hearing you reflect on your relationship to authority and expertise and worth, I have watched you be an authority from a place of abundance where we'll be chewing on a problem and a call and you'll, your face will change, your body will change and you'll go, guys, <laughs> for real, for real, for real, I've got it. And like in that moment, <laughs> in that moment, you were not like, it sounds like potentially you've moved from like offering from a place of at times lack or like fighting to sustain that versus like, oh, it's just flowing. Like, this is just like, yeah, you own this. Like, I'm not saying we don't have authority. I'm not saying we don't have expertise. I'm saying like your, your identity when you're not trying to be like, let me show the world, you know, let me show you how good, but you're just like, oh my God, I'm so into this thing. And here's the natural byproduct that I'm going to now like strategically hone. It's a really different base, a different foundation to come from. And the way that you, when you work from that, that I'm just like, oh my God, knock me over with a feather. Look at what this woman just did to my life because she's so good at that. Like that's a gift to me that has come from the years of you cultivating that and creating space for that. And now it comes really naturally. So I'm just excited to hear you like recognize that you have that, but that it can come from a different well. It's just that idea of, again, like, what are you resourcing yourself with? You know, like if, if we're looking at like a particular, you know, if we're thinking about goals and direction, then that's something that takes like, oh my God, I don't want to do a bad car metaphor, (laughs) but it's something that takes, you need some things to like get there. Right. And like the people that we surround ourselves with are one. And it's so interesting hearing you reflect on the fact that like, even just on a like percentage ratio, you have all this time in your life that you used to spend with this one person that now you are (gasps) spending with these different people. So like, that's a different, like that's a different supply that's coming in. And I feel like the fruit is there. Um, but it's just that really simple thing of like, well, what happens when we put that across every area of our lives? Like which podcast are we listening to? Like someone's going to walk away from listening to my next era with a really different takeaway than if they're listening to the doom and gloom headlines of the news that day, which I'm, we should be listening to as well. But like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we can kind of strategically, I think if there's someone who's sitting there being like, there feels like such a gap between now and between where I want to be, or I feel like I'm still that kid on the bus and like, I'm not. Like I wouldn't be proud of where I am, which I can argue has always something to be proud of. Like there are things that we can do to be like equipping ourselves and just creating the space we need to be recalibrating that relationship to ourself because ultimately the rest is fluffy. The rest is surface level. And this is the thing that like, and it's why I'm so impressed by the work that you're doing here because like that's what you've recognized. It's like, let's go deep <laughs> and let's sit there even when we want to run away and when we want to run back to the surface, like we're going to stay in that place. So I'm thinking of something that we had discussed beforehand, which was we Mm -hmm. wanted to touch base on window shopping goals. And Mm -hmm. yeah, I think, I think we were talking about this as an opportunity for a starting point, but I'm wondering Mm -hmm. how useful it's good to have a starting point, but like how good is that starting point when it's, comes from comparison because then there's that element of, okay, well, am I wanting this because I'm told that I want this because like, for instance, I want to have a million dollar business because I'm told that having Mm -hmm. a million dollar business is what is going Mm -hmm. to make me successful. It's going to make me be able to afford to send my kids to college or I don't know, do whatever, like allow you to be, as you would say, resourced or, Mm-hmm. As you had gave the example before, do you want to be able to just sleep 
peacefully at night, knowing that all of your needs are taken Mm. care of. So Mm. what is it that you actually want? I think for me, this idea of window shopping is less about comparison, just for me, for my personal experience, and more about context. Because I feel like sometimes when we're sitting with big goals, and like I, as an example, um, you know, the industry that I work in and the work that I do requires multiple people to hand over literal millions of dollars for us to do our work like it's not it's not something like unfortunately I cannot open an Etsy store and like start to hone my craft like there are always scales there are always smaller things you can be doing to build in but I have trolled myself by choosing a particularly (laughs) chunky career path where um the growth like and the growth tension is pretty high um, and so sometimes that can make you feel just a bit insane. It can make you feel like, who are you to sit around and think that like people should trust you with these resources? Like, why are you special? Why are you the one to do this? Like, et cetera, et cetera. And so it's one of the ways that I've like tried to counteract that over the years that has been working quite helpfully is this idea of like, okay, well, what's the context of that work? So rather than me being like, this is an audacious dream, I'm like, well, is it? Like, let's actually dig into that for a minute. Let's look at the market environment within which that dream lives. Let's look at the economics of that dream. Let's look at who else is doing that and how they're doing that and why they're doing that. And building out that context of like, this is my goal, this is my dream, and this is the overall context within the world that that might be situated within has taken some of that like pressure of the audacious nature of it because some all of a sudden it no longer is that audacious right like it is no longer actually the biggest goal in the room even I can point to people with bigger goals and bigger dreams and visions than that who've pulled it off um and so for me like this idea of looking around us I think it it can be comparative and you really have to check yourself it's like what energy am I bringing into this today but there's also this opportunity to be like what if I can build a context where I am looking around me and I am seeing the work of other people who also have to step into the tension of like the what if to make it happen? And do I feel better knowing that someone a desk over from me or an office away or a bedroom away is doing the same thing? I know I do. We've had this really interesting experience where my husband and I moved to Nam, to Melbourne in Victoria, Australia in June 2023. I don't even know what year it is. Last year. <laughs> and we moved, <laughs> we live right off Smith Street in Collingwood, which is this really iconic street that is going through uh, gentrification. And we've been talking to some of our neighbors who've been here for 20 years. And they tell us about what the street used to be like and how tourists used to get on buses and come here because of the outlet shopping. And now when I walk down the street, I will run into a, a, DJ spinning records in a wine bar next to a coffee roastery, next to a vintage store, next to ramen, next to a nail salon, next to a gallery that's been there for 30 years, next to a barn me shop that like everyone's lining up out the door for. And this street just is full of everything. It is full of these like, it's all um terrace house style. So it's like literally back to back, um, which I love. It's got a bit of a New Yorkie vibe to it like that. But every single one of those little stores represents a vision that somebody had to create something. And even that, like to get funding to start a business, to get the permits that you need, to get the staff you need, to get the space, to get the customers, like that's a dream, right? Like that is a dream that someone worked their ass off to be able to offer to the world. And now I can go and sit there and have a glass of wine in their dream. That one day was a silly reality, like a silly what if. 
And so I think for me, sometimes I just need to get out of my head of being like, I'm the only one who's carrying these big things. And I need to go and literally walk down the street and realize that every single venue that I'm walking past was once an idea that someone had, that they needed to find a way to make a reality. And they did. And now I'm there casually writing about my objectives and my goals, sipping their coffee in the place that they was like, they were like, one day, I hope I can be there. So I just, I don't know. I think sometimes we need to like do that process of getting out of our head, getting into someone else's vision and recognizing that it didn't magically pop up. That roastery just didn't like shuff out of thin air. Like someone had to risk something and they're still risking it every single day. And they are finding ways to live in the tension of that risk. That's my jam. (laughs) I think that is such a wonderful reframe because I think, I think mm, I'm going to assume I'm going to put, I'm going to put the ass and assume Mm -hmm. that I think most (laughs) people are operating. If they were to look at the term window shopping, like the way that I had presented mm. it, where I was like thinking about, oh, what about this kind of sense of comparison? Whereas it's a more mm. nurturing, again, resourceful, fruitful way to look at mm. these other um, spaces, these literal spaces where someone, like you said, had a dream and they move forward on mm. it and they figured out all of mm. the places and they are, as you said, are in the tension of it. And I think when we look Mm. at the window shopping of social media or the way that I had described it, we're looking at them as Mm. like, okay, well, they made it and they're just sustaining it. There's no Mm. tension there. Mm -hmm. It's they have the thing Mm. and it's done. There's no more growth. The growth that they have is based off of finances because then they get a larger audience and they just continue to keep doing what they're doing. So again, there's no real growth here. And it's interesting that you're saying all of this because that makes me think why do we set goals to where we get to a place where we don't grow anymore? Like, is mm-hmm. that what we want? Yeah. Are we asking to yeah. achieve things so that way we, we never have to grow again? So that way we, we never have to do anything again? I, that's not really the right phrasing, but it's like we're working so hard yeah. to just be done. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I am not good at thinking about like retirement. Jenna always teases me that like my retirement plan is to like find a new fun job to work. Cause I'm like, why would you want to be done? Like, I <laughs> and even the other day we were playing this game with some friends where we're like, all right, envision like the life that you could wish to want. And I was like, all right, so I'm in the Scottish Highlands and I'm like a sheep herder. I don't even know the term for it. Like I have this beautiful hut and it's just mountains in the background and moody weather. And it's like me and my sheep. And they were like, so in your dream life, you were just, you're telling us about your profession. And I was like, oh my God, I guess I am. But I, I think like the privilege, I imagine your audience, BM, there's a lot of creative thinkers and doers here, right? Like, I, I don't know your demographics. I'm guessing that's your space from what I know about you and your work. And that means that it's people who like, we get the gift of bringing a lot of ourselves into what we do. We are working to synthesize the personal and the professional and find ways to like make meaning with the things that drive us on a personal level and potentially at times even like things we want to change in the world. And I think that's such a beautiful thing you've just landed on of like, what's the, is the goal to arrive? Because that sounds really boring. Like I'm not ready to sit on a porch anytime soon. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Well then let's go back. Let's go back to, to your version, which is so much more nurturing of window shopping. Um, cause you talk a lot about 
reverse engineering, which of course, you know, mm-hmm. isn't unfamiliar to me, but I think you explore it in a lot of ways that I I haven't. I'm like, I know that's the thing. I know that that's a technique. I know it's a technique that I use. I have to use it because how else do you do strategy? I mean, that's my hot take. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but <laughs> I don't, I never think about actually like reverse engineering the hat. I actually, I don't know. There's something about engineers. <laughs> There's something about engineers mm-hmm. that I feel like I really romanticize because they're like, I don't know. I feel like they're like professional Lego assemblers. That's how I think about them. Yes. I actually don't really know a lot about engineering, but that's that's what I that's what I think about engineers. It's like they're just professional Lego makers within these different mm-hmm. spaces in different ways. Um, and so then to like yep. be a reverse Lego builder, okay, about your vision. Yeah. Do you think that it's do you think it's useful to look at these other window shoppings, these other like actual locations and to re- reverse engineer what they do or for you to reverse engineer yeah. what you want to do or do you think both are useful? I think there's so much in this for me and I love the way that you've looked at it as Lego makers because I'm like, well, they're both like building the structures with the Lego and they're designing the damn blocks themselves, you know? <gasps> and I think Okay, but when you say blocks, when you say blocks, do you mean like Lego blocks or do you mean like road blocks? Yes. No, I mean like Lego, like so, you know, different levels of engineers. Some of them – also, I have to send you this funny TikTok I saw this morning about an engineer drawing a diagram for his sister to show her why she shouldn't be in her toxic relationship. Oh, my God. I downloaded like that. So no, amazing. I know what you're talking about. Okay, I'm going to link it in the episode at the end. <laughs> listeners, dear listeners, so you can listen to it, which actually isn't going to be useful. Oh, darn it. I can't link it. I will, I will link it. You need to watch it because it blew uh-huh. my mind. And I actually saved – I have a special playlist for this podcast Mm -hmm. and I saved Mm -hmm. it to this podcast it was incredible (laughs) when he's like so this is negative happiness I guess you'd call it sadness I just laughed so much I was like what a sweetie (laughs) (laughs) using engineering terms to help his sister along but god I love that so much right so like you've got you've got the person who's like using existing Lego blocks to build something cool to build the new frozen Disney castle out of Lego or you've got the person who is like how does Lego work how does Lego fit together if we put this knob on this brick and then we put this part in the bottom bit can those two things be used as a foundation for whatever structure anyone might want and I think that like I can't even believe you suggested this as a metaphor because it works so well like we are out here being like okay, time to build our tower, time to build our spaceship, time to build my Lego garden. And I'm like, babe, have you got, have, have you built any bricks? Like, are you just like now scrounging <laughs> together like some scrap paper and like the, I don't know, the tongs from your kitchen and trying to shove them together to make a like little Lego house when it's like, maybe today we can build a brick. Like what is a skill that goes into the mix of that goal? What is a relationship that goes into the mix of that goal? What is a place that goes into the mix? And like this idea of exposure therapy of if you have an audacious vision, which I hope you do because they're fun, how can you, the reverse engineering is like pull it down to size, like make it tangible, make it something that you can chomp your little teeth into and like get a little bit of a win because we also need that dopamine hit, right? I've been like, I did the thing today. And I think if we can try and, like step into two roles one where we are building these big visions and the other where we are taking a strategic step back and looking at time on two levels of the micro and the macro 
and being like, today's going to go really quickly, but a year is a lot of time actually. And we can do a lot more than we think. And today, what could I put into the pot that's going to bring me towards that? So is there an email you need to send? Is there a relationship you want to build? Is there a skill that you want to begin to like get your hands steady with? Is there a part of that vision you need to articulate? The more that we can just kind of like learn to sit with that big vision and bring it down into pieces that it's like, well, we can't get into that yet, but I can do this. Like that's going to be helpful. I remember when I first finished up at film school and much of what I do, <laughs> people are always like, oh, your job's so interesting. And I'm like, I sit in front of computers and like send emails and read <laughs> read scripts a lot of the time. <laughs> like, It's not as sexy as it looks. It has amazing moments, but it also has like a lot of trudge to get to those moments. I realized that the skill that I needed to build for my particular kind of producing was how to develop material. And there are not many public facing resources around that. So I began this like scrappy kind of multi-year hunt where I was just finding every resource I could to be like, what is development? What does that mean? Because we throw it around as a term. But if someone actually gives you the resource for that, what are you going to do with it? And now I'm kind of, I guess that was like almost a decade ago. And to, I will keep building that skill for the rest of my life. But to have skills in my pocket when someone brings me a new idea or we start to play with something to be like, cool, well, there's a crazy audacious vision here's the toolkit that we can now apply to that vision. It just helps turn these, like it turns something that is intangible into something that is tangible, that has a path before it and a next step. Um, So I think the more we can prepare ourselves (laughs) to kind of get lucky, (laughs) the more that we're doing the work for the moments that we don't really know are on their way yet. This, okay, this is making me think about how And the reason why I want, which I've already talked about in the monologue, but the reason why I wanted you to be on the show is because you have continually blown my mind in the scope of me almost dreaming too small. I think, you know, something that you did with, (laughs) so something something that's been going on is, and we've kind of been alluding to this, is that Danielle and I, and actually Crystal, who's been on the show before, we have all come together. And we have been working on something that we have a project called Reimagining Business. Okay, that's our project name. We'll share the actual details with you here pretty soon. We're not just ready to do that just yet, but um, pretty soon we'll do that. But something that you have done within our team meetings and within our different like, you know, workshopping calls is, um, especially in the beginning, it's like Crystal and I kind of came into this with certain goals, with certain ideas, with certain ways that we could do this. And you very gently, and I don't think you ever were like, why don't we dream bigger? But I, but you were like challenging us in so many ways that were basically like, okay, ladies, let's dream bigger. <laughs> you would like call us out in the best way. And I keep thinking about you and the way that you're like dream bigger, but it didn't feel like it was coming mm. from a place of like, your dreams aren't good enough or like, mm, like this, this isn't perfect enough or this isn't like the standard enough or you're not working hard enough. It was coming from a place Mm. of you are trying to dream the big dreams and you're trying to set these goals, but you're not acknowledging what we, Danielle, what we started with this conversation with, you're not acknowledging what you are already so good at. And so Mm. you are limiting what you are potentially able to do. Mm. You're limiting what Mm. you can go for. Is there fear here? What is holding you back from actually embracing who you are 
and dreaming bigger yeah. in a way that is aligned to you, not to get some sort of sense of status or material goods or whatever. Mm. Like it was more so about the soul. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's so like encouraging to me that that process resonated with you because that that's just what's going on for me. You know, it's that it was just more like, I was like, I'm already doing this work. <laughs> like, and since we're working together, you guys now accidentally have to do this work. As well. <laughs> um, but that idea of like, of, of when was the last time we checked ourselves for our limiting beliefs, like explicitly. So I don't know if you've ever had this feeling where you get so excited by an idea and then a couple of hours pass and you actually get a sinking feeling because you're so in love with this new idea. But then in that moment, you're like, oh, I don't trust myself to do it. Like there's a, <gasps> there's a gap, right, that comes up and then you mm-hmm. kind of like break your own heart a little bit. Have you had that? Yes, I have been experiencing such anxiety over future Brittany Marie. I will not allow future mm. Brittany Marie to handle certain things. I have to do it right now oh my God. or it's not going to happen. And I've been catching myself, fortunately, <laughs> to be like, bitch, you can eat your breakfast and then cash that check. <laughs> yes. Like it's no big yeah. deal. Yeah. Yeah. I have this note on my desk that says, where are you assuming the capacity of future you in a way that is limiting your vision? <gasps> Which could also be taken as like, where do you get off assuming the capacity of what you can do tomorrow? we don't know it yet you know like Mm -hmm. again girl on the bus had hopes for who I am today but she didn't know just how much I was capable of she couldn't know like she just knew the size of that desire and that desire and following that desire is the thing that now has given me more skills than she could have known about like it's kind of this like chicken egg thing but I think that like we get really stuck up we're stuck in this idea of like, I can't do it. And it's like, well, that's not the same thing as I haven't done it yet. And the moment that we can <gasps> like catch that and be like, oh, I can't and go to, well, I haven't yet. That is an invitation rather than a closed door. And that's just like what I'm grappling with in every area of my life to be like, where am I assuming I can't do it simply because I haven't done it before. And what happens when I shift those two around? Can you see my brain thinking? <laughs> can you see my brain Thinking, oh my God. Okay, well, this brings up, this goes directly to something else that that we wanted to talk about, which was linear growth versus growing out of your resources. Mm. Are you, Mm. which I I took this as like, are you wanting to want these Mm. things because that is in the next step? Yeah. Or are you actually looking at where your desires are and how, if they're being fulfilled through, do you actually... Um, are you actually getting what you need? Are you actually growing to where you need to grow? Um, not necessarily. Mm-hmm. And this is the next step in someone else's path that has been outlined for you in some capacity or form through assumption, through storytelling, through mm. comparison. Mm. Yeah, that's such a good point. It's so true, right? Like we try and do it on a linear way. We use calendars and deadlines and all these things. We're like, this is the moment when X will happen. And like, we don't know what's going to happen in the days between now and then. And it's really like a wild of us to think we have any control over that. And often I think that's why we disappoint ourselves because we're like, oh, I wasn't able to do this thing. And you're like, how much grace are you giving yourself for the fact that you like broke your damn leg by surprise, or you had a bunch of people coming to stay that you didn't know about, or like you got the flu or you just weren't feeling it simply (laughs) like, 
And look, there's a tension there for me, especially I have ADHD. And so I have to like build in some structures in my life because otherwise I'm just like chasing every bright bird that flies past my window and being like, tally ho, I'll never come back. So that doesn't work. (laughs) But neither does being so regimented with myself that I don't allow grace for growth um, and for what that growth is pointing me towards. And I think the biggest thing that's been a gift to me when it comes to like planning out where I want to be going and how I want to be using my time and capacity is, is that idea of, okay, well, what do I know about the resources that serve me well? So I know that when I've like slept well and eaten well and moved my body and spent time with the people that I love, like I'm in a much better place to even have a sense of who I am versus when those things aren't there. And part of my like long-term vision planning has really come down to these micro moments every day of being like, just become more of the person that you trust. And then keep trusting that person versus like try and preempt future you when you don't have any idea yet what we don't know in five years time, what we're going to have experienced. All we know is like where we would like to potentially be going. And if we can use that to drive, I don't know, building more of those resources. I think what I'm saying is how the fuck are we supporting our guts? Like, how are we honing that gut? Because isn't that the thing that matters? I don't know. Some people aren't intuitive. Don't listen to that. But I'm like, I can tell you right now, I had a really interesting experience in December where on a personal level, when I was 16, I made a really significant choice in a relationship in my life, a core relationship, that I remember being 16 and thinking, am I making a mistake? Can 30-year-old self stand by this or am I about to ruin so much? And then that came up again in December with that person and I'm 30 now. And it's like I stepped back in again. I guess I'm going back to my childhood self a lot, but I went back to that moment in my bedroom and I could feel me today being like, hey, you made the right decision. You already knew. You already knew what you needed and you already knew that this relationship did not have it for you. And just to be able to like have now 15 years of having backed myself in something really difficult, but but something that if I didn't listen to, I wouldn't be the person that I am, the gift of that has just been really beautiful. And I felt like 45 year old Danielle has been hanging out with me more because like there's some resolution between 15 and 30 year old Danielle that needed to happen. We've done some of that. We've closed some gaps there. I was like, am I making the right decision? Yeah, we got there. And so now I'm really curious about that 15 year version self, what she's coming back to be like, yeah, you knew, you knew on this one. You've like, you followed your gut into that. So my task right now, when it comes to anything that I'm planning in my life, any kind of concrete goals that I'm setting, and we haven't used the word concrete once in this chat, and I kind of love that, is that I'm like, my biggest priority is to understand who I am, feed my sense of self and be able to listen to my gut. Because then it doesn't even matter what I write down on that piece of paper on that vision board. It's already going to be good for me, you know? You're really bringing, you are really bringing home a lot of what I have been talking about within the resistance audit, but I don't know if I've like actually pointed out in that with, within the resistance audit, one of the major sections yeah. is to actually identify the person that you are becoming. Now, the way that I went mm. about it, and I'm sure we're all going to go about the resistance audit differently because journaling is very personal. Calling yourself out is very personal. It's all very personal. So personal things we do uniquely, whatever. But anywho, the way that I went about the, you know, the person that I am becoming identifier was that, okay, if I want to have this experience, if I want to be this person, Mm. then 
these are the things that I need to have under my belt so that way she is able to thrive mm. and she is able to embrace <sighs> yes. this like mm, archetype within myself. Because now I feel like, are we even talking about goals? Mm. Are we talking about identity? Are we talking about embracement? Are we mm. talking about challenges? Mm. Are we talking about growth? Which then could be, you know, parenthesized mm. within goals. But anywho, I think mm. we're talking about mm. the much bigger idea of goals, which is what we always want to come down to, but then the concreteness of it or the time base of it or the valuing yeah. your existence of it, right, gets in the way. But all I did mm -hmm. was identify mm -hmm. these are the resources, as you would say, Danielle, these are the yeah. these are the resources that she needs in order to have this experience, for her to have this identity. Mm. And I'm realizing too, just thinking mm. about those items that are on that list, I'm not working towards them literally. Mm. I'm working towards them with the idea yeah. of what we've been discussing of I'm I grew out yeah. certain resources or I grew out certain struggles or I grew out of certain mm -hmm. Mm, just aspects that I thought were helping me, but actually weren't, they were holding me back. So I'm growing out of those. I'm mm. growing out of these ideals mm. and restrictions and I'm embracing them in this other way in other capacities. So I can actually be who I want to be. Yeah. You're just, you're bringing home so many different things of, it's not necessarily about you getting to 10,000 Instagram followers by the end of this quarter. Mm -mm. What you really want yeah. is you really want to be making meaningful connections, maybe meaningful mm -hmm. sales, mm -hmm. which is very far. It's very fair mm -hmm. to want. You can want that. You're not bad for yeah. wanting that. Um, it's good to want that. We because love you're trying financial resources. Yes. Yes, we do. We love financial resources. That's great. So you want the 10,000 followers because you think you're going to get the financial resources and you can make the connections that you want. When actually, you don't have to be doing that. You just have to be making mm -hmm. content that makes you feel resourced, mm. that makes you feel good, that makes you feel nourished, that makes you feel creative, that makes you feel like this person that mm -hmm. you are becoming. So you can make these mm -hmm. connections and you can make these sales. Mm -hmm. The, the 10,000 mm -hmm. is just a marker. It's not actually the mm -hmm. thing. So use it as a tool but not what identifies you. What identifies you is what you yeah. are doing and what you are becoming, not the marker. Yeah. Is this oh, processing? Is this processing? So Am I making sense? Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> it is, right, because that is safer. Like I just, <laughs> there's something about the idea of redundancy and I don't know if it's like the cynic COVID producer in me <laughs> that's having a hangover here, but that idea of like, how can we build redundancy into everything that we do? For me, it's like, well, I don't want to make any of my work redundant. So even if that project doesn't get off the ground, how can I be developing a skill or a relationship that is really valuable to the rest of my work? Or if that person is not someone I'm going to work with long-term because we had this experience together and it didn't pan out the way that we thought it would, how can I be learning about what I do need in my safe, creative, collaborative relationships? Or if I don't reach 10,000 Instagram followers, but I've learned how to turn up and communicate my worth, my brand, my value, my purpose, my invitation through that, like that's not a redundant process at all. And so I think when we like, there's something in this as well about building up our failure tolerance, which is probably a whole other conversation, but um, less about like a pass fail binary system of like, Oh, you're on 9,997, sweetie, you didn't make it. And I'm like, are we not celebrating that? 
are we not celebrating the 1000? Like where, where do we get off thinking that it's at a rival that we get to be proud of ourselves for the <gasps> Like, how is it that we just, <laughs> why can't we, why can't we celebrate today? The fact that like we overcame something that yesterday was really dragging us down. So I just, I really like the way that you're coming at this. And it's so funny that you've already built this resource that people can just go and use how good to be like, it's not about the thing. The thing is, uh, the thing is a mirror, as you would say, that is pointing to something about yourself that you want to get to know and that you want to learn how to sit with and like embody. And that to me is the wildest, most exciting invitation because if I wake up tomorrow and the career that I've been building for like, I don't know, 13 years disappears, do I disappear? Or have I built in myself a lot of the skills and mindset and like yearnings and desires that I can then carry into what it is that I'm excited about next? So maybe it's the millennial in me and we will get punished for changing careers all the time, but it's like (laughs) think bigger. And then get small, you know? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You know, I think I talked about this from the very beginning in the first episode, which was that I I am the magic. It is not the actual body of Mm. work that that I'm doing. It's me. I am the one who is capable. I am the one who is Mm -hmm. resourced. I am the one who Mm -hmm. has these skills. Um, But Mm -hmm. it's – it's not the work. The work is a representation, but I can always mm-hmm. recreate. I can always create, mm-hmm. period. I can mm-hmm. always become. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think that. that's what we, I, I feel like so we don't need to have answers, but if we want to mm-hmm. mark something, it's, you know, I think using goals as a mm-hmm. tool and not the identifier and I think recognizing yeah. that you are so powerful, you are so capable, mm. and you can become anything that you want to become. So make sure that you're becoming something that you actually truly do mm. want to become, that you're making, you know, younger you who's on the bus looking at your future life, mm. looking at everything that you're doing. You know, are you making are you making younger you proud? You know, are you mm. making just you mm. proud? right? Are you feeling nourished by the way that you are spending your time? And if you're not, is it because you are far away from what you want or is it because you are far away Mm. from who you are? And I think we need to start Mm. asking ourselves Mm. if it's because if, if you are far away from who we are, I think we often think we're unhappy because we're far away from what we want. This, this is just my Mm. process and maybe I'm projecting, but I feel like (laughs) I'm come to learn that so much of my unhappiness has been diagnosed as being far away from what I want yeah. when actually it's from not being close to who I truly am in my sense of I. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Who are you becoming, BM? I'm going to ask you a very personal question on this personal podcast. You can absolutely ask me. I'm going to pull it up. So this doesn't necessarily sound linear and you're when you talk about who are you becoming it doesn't have to sound that way it can just be a vision of yourself Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. someone that I want to become is someone who is slowly moving towards moving to Melbourne who is slowly traveling her way over there and really embracing different environments Mm -hmm. that she never ever thought that she'd be in before I never thought that I wanted to be in the UK This all came from the idea of me wanting to go to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival before I went Mm -hmm. to Melbourne. I was thinking my writing certificate ends in June. 
what's keeping me in Seattle? If I want to move to Melbourne, why don't I just travel? I never thought that I'd be this person. Yet, interestingly, thinking about that girl on the bus, the girl on this bus Mm. wanted to be this person. But I never thought it was possible. So so I was thinking about it and I was like, well, why don't I just spend – why don't I go to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival and then just spend my time in the UK? Why don't I spend some time in London? Mm. Why don't I spend some time in Edinburgh? Why don't I spend some time in Cardiff? Like, why don't I just travel around? Like, Mm. why not? So anyways, this is all based on this idea and I wanted to give this context. So it's it's very simple. When I am in the UK, Mm. who I am becoming, when I am in the UK, I want to be nourished with client work and large scale client projects Mm. so I can focus on being in the UK and continue developing Mm. my writing projects. In order for that to happen, I need to have a wait list a proper funnel, mm. an engaged community, a strong content marketing strategy that I love to show up to, and a 30-hour work structure. I think the biggest thing from that is the 30-hour work structure because I want to again, mm. I want to be in the UK. I don't just want to lo- I just don't I don't want to just mm. like be locationally there. I want to actually experience it. Yeah. I want to be there. And I want yeah. to work on yeah. my writing projects. So yeah. this is what I need. So that's what I was saying earlier when I was talking about this and that like some of these are kind of trackable. Most of these are just like what I have to be resourced to be this person that can have this experience. I love these so much because you've inadvertently just given us the best example of identity-based goals because like – even the okay 30 week 30 hour week before you said to me I want to be in the UK I already knew from you saying 30 hours I was like that's because she's traveling and she wants to be so embodied in that experience when she's there it was really clear that sense of like the why behind the goal was not just like because 30 hours will allow me to x y and z it was like no that's aligning with the person that you want to be walking around in the shoes of during that season of your life and there's nothing about that goals list that is there because you think it should be it's there because it is in full service of the experience that you as a human want to have and like ain't that it (laughs) ain't Mm -hmm. it just about figuring out like as a human being living alongside other human beings how can we how can we turn up as that and like as the biggest most present version of that and so I love it I feel like this resistance audit (laughs) It's almost like we pre-planned it, which we didn't. It's just sitting there inviting people. And I feel like anyone who's listening to this has probably just spent some time with our voices. And the thing that I'd like love to gently challenge is to be like, can you go for a walk and turn your voice memos on and listen to your own voice for a bit and just talk to yourself? Like you don't need us to sit here and tell you or like, throw judgment or give you a gold star or like give you a yes or no with your goal list like you are the person who keeps your own company so go keep it for a bit and listen to yourself and figure out what it is that you are and are not in alignment with in that and then figure out what that means for those like what does that mean if you're someone who wants to like see every sunrise that means something for the rest of your day if you're someone who wants to like be it school pickup every day that means something for how your work needs to be structured like we can we can find really beautiful gifts to ourselves by not like building our goals and then building our personality around them but by listening to ourselves and then building out from there what we need but also like (laughs) 
last week my friend one of my best friends called me an enabler which was both a compliment <laughs> and an insult <laughs> he he was saying that like when someone tells me about a dream they have that I'm really quick to be like amazing here's all the ways that this could happen like I so back you let's do it and then he was like and sometimes you enable really like toxic behavior in me and I was like cool 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 we can work on that part but (laughs) (laughs) what what I like found interesting in that because I've never thought of that term before and obviously it can be like a really problematic term so like I need to sit with that for a bit but I'm like okay so what if like if I'm thinking of myself as an enabler of me that again has a good side and a negative side. And I really need to lean into like, how can I use the energy of like enabling the like, what if let's make it happen energy while also being like, that means you can also enable yourself to play small. So we need to like, look at that relationship to self and be like, which voice am I going to like kind of allow to come to the surface? So I don't know, maybe don't listen to me. I'm still figuring my shit out <laughs> as we all are. <laughs> I, I think I'm the same way. I Well, that's that's one of the things that you and I immediately connected on was that, you know, when someone tells me their mm-hmm. dream, that's why I'm obsessed with it. I'm like, okay, great. Okay, well, then let's figure out how to do it. Mm-hmm. Okay, you want to do – like I always tell my friends, if you really want to do something and you're scared to do it and you're not ready, don't tell me. Don't tell me because yeah. the thing I'm going to do is I'm going to get you to go into action right now. Like there have been many times where I've been talking to my friends on the phone and they're telling me about what they want to be doing. And I'm like, great. Okay. So let me get out my notes app. Okay. Yeah. So you want to do yep. X, Y, and Z? Okay, great. So here's the roadmap. And I'm like, I, I just, yep. you know, I, I, I got the certification in coaching and I did all this work. And, you know, I think part of that is from that. And there's always this like little like, coach in me, I guess. I don't know. Mm. I don't really think of it in those terms, but there's just always this person who like wants you to go after what you are going for because Mm -hmm. you are so amazing. I just want, I want you to be happy. Mm -hmm. I want you to be nourished. I want you to just Mm -hmm. go out there and fucking do it, bro. Like go out there and fucking go for it. You are too cool not to do it. Can you please make that a little soundbite and we can just replay that <laughs> 60 seconds of you telling us how amazing we are when we need it? This is the new wake up in the morning, like, <laughs> mantra. <laughs> Absolutely. Let's make it happen. Let's make it happen. Um, Danielle, you have been with me for for a minute and a half, uh, which is like an hour and a half. <laughs> I I feel so great about this conversation and what we've been navigating and what we've been talking about. I mean, just you even bringing up the younger you on the bus and comparing that and like mm-hmm. the 15 year old you, the 30 year old you. And I have never thought about becoming the 45 year old me because I, I think I always thought like, okay, thirties is like, that's when it's going to be. And my twenties, I was so antsy to get to my thirties because I was like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm struggling in my twenties so I can really enjoy my thirties. And I feel like since I left mm-hmm. my partner, that is actually becoming mm. true. I feel like I'm starting to, I, I, I mean, it's been really emotional, yes. but I'm, you know, really enjoying. It's been a ride. Yeah, it's, it's been a ride, you know, but I'm starting to really enjoy my life now in ways that I haven't before too, which anyways, mm. yada, yada, yada. But like now I'm like, oh man, I've been so looking forward to my thirties and I'm here and this is great. But damn, 45 mm. sounds really good too. Like, oh man, that's going to be great too. Right? Like, you know, she and it sounds cool. Yeah. She does, man. She sounds fucking awesome. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited to meet her. So there's just so many great like reshifts yeah. that we've been having in this conversation. And I think 
I think this conversation has continued to be what you've done for Crystal and I within reimagining business, where you were just like, yeah, let's let's stream bigger, let's stream better, let's stream in a way that mm-hmm. actually nourishes our soul and not in a way mm-hmm. that like allows us to get to these certain markers. This is this is the dream, this conversation. I also wanna just mention that like you you credit that to me but I feel like we had one conversation and then ever since that you guys were like this is how we do and then when I've sat in my limiting beliefs you've been like hold up with love no like (laughs) the way that that's just become a working rhythm has been really incredible because we just all agree we all agree that we don't do that anymore and so now like on days when I'm feeling grumpy and tired and small-minded like you're there to be like hey like that's not what we agreed to and it's just it's just, it doesn't take that much to actually make that shift um, and to do it with people who can hold you accountable to it. But the reward of that is, oh, I'm going to wax lyrical. It changes your life. Like simply that one shift changes your entire being. So I'm grateful. I'm grateful for the way that you've created that space, that Crystal's created that space, the way that we get to keep experimenting with that together. And I'm just, I'm grateful that we get to sit here and potentially invite more people in to the like yes and energy of it all versus the no, you know, like the mm-hmm. the open to opportunity, the open to exploration and the doing it in a way that's sustainable and kind and safe. That's the dream. <laughs> I feel like I could cry because we're like making the dream together. <laughs> I feel a little emotional. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I know. Let's you not start, start. I'll start. And it's only Tuesday. <laughs> No, Kang is always welcome. We bring our full selves. <laughs> we bring we bring our full selves here. We bring our full selves. Um, mm-hmm. Well, Danielle, thank you so mm-hmm. much for bringing your full self here. Um, mm-hmm. As as I said, this was like literally a dream come true. I knew that this conversation was going to be magical. I just didn't know the full scope of it. And I'm so mm-hmm. excited for everyone to hear you and to fall in love with you. And I'm actually, I was already really excited about reimagining business, but now like having you on the show and having people hear how amazing you are and the way that you think, and you're just so fucking cool. I'm like even more excited for people to meet reimagining business now. Like, I don't know, like you and Crystal just really like boost me up. Like I just, I know I was cool before, but I just feel so much fucking cooler having you two by my side. I'm like, damn, bitch. Like I really fucking made it with these two ladies. (laughs) That's so nice because I'm wearing a sports bra with dirty hair. So like if we can do this. (laughs) I also didn't wash my hair. Yeah. (laughs) Great. Great. We're fine. We're safe. Oh, good vibes. Thank you for having me. I It's like it, this podcast has been a real gift to me. So, yeah, it's um, it's a surreal moment to be sitting with you and I'm very, very grateful for what you're offering to the world. It doesn't come without cost and we're all richer for it. What a gorgeous, amazing, fantastic conversation that was with Danielle. It was everything I wanted and more. I hope that you feel inspired by our non-answers and our answers uh, with the way that we explored, with the way we navigated this. And I hope that you feel inspired to not feel tied to the goal metrics that you have and instead the, the ways that you are setting goals that nurture your identity and allow you to embody the person that you are becoming. 
We talked about the resistance audit. If you haven't gotten your hands on that, it is completely free. It's linked down below. It's not always sexy <laughs> to dive into shadow work, but it is so helpful in ensuring that you stop moving through your limiting beliefs, that you stop falling into the trap of what you are resisting, but what you are you are so impassioned to do, getting really honest with your desires and getting clear on the ways that you have been holding yourself back within the various spaces. And it also helps you get really clear on that self-concept script, on that person that you are becoming. Again, this is completely free. If you haven't gotten it yet, you should go for it. (laughs) It's no big deal. Go ahead, sign up, grab it right now. As I shared in the beginning of the episode, if you have any thoughts, if you have any feelings, please send them my way. I would love to hear your voice note and I would love to be potentially having a conversation with you inside my inbox directly. If you haven't given me those sexy five stars yet, what are you waiting for? I am ready to fall in love with you. Let's do this thing. Let me know about your juicy identity-based goals. And until next time, my friend, I'm going to talk to you then. 